This is News Talk 980 CKNW. You are live with the App Show. Thanks for joining us today. We have a lot of cool apps to talk about on today's program. Uh, later on, the Hot 5 Fitness Apps. We'll also be uh, going through the uh, the latest hot smartphone features uh, as well. A new one for Motorola that you'll want to hear all about. We'll also be giving you an iCloud uh, tutorial. We're going to be doing a little uh, iCloud series over the next uh, few episodes. A lot of people have iPhones and uh, don't fully understand all the capabilities of uh, what iCloud can offer and how it all works. So we'll be giving you the lowdown starting today with the uh, iCloud storage plans, what they all mean and why you keep getting those little notifications all the time to upgrade. And of course, uh, we'll do uh, what's streaming online on places like Netflix and uh, Amazon and uh, a lot of uh, great little tips and tricks for iPhones and Android users. Right now, though, we want to look at uh, an app that's been uh, making news called Saraha. Uh, and a lot of the kids are using it now. And there are some, uh, I guess, some privacy uh, issues uh, with it, uh, among many other things. On the line, we've got Peter Vogel. He's a uh, computer science and physics teacher and uh, all-around tech expert. Knows just about everything uh, tech-wise. Thanks for joining us today, Peter. Thanks so much for having me. I wanted to talk about this app that's kind of making news right now, and I, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, I've, I've looked online, and it's being pronounced all different ways, but uh, Saraha, uh, it's a new messaging uh, type of app uh, that uh, a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, younger folks are, are interested in. Yes, indeed. Uh, I, too, have struggled with the pronunciation, so Saraha sounds about right, and I understand it's Arabic for, for honesty. So before we get into, uh, you know, kind of some of the issues around this app right now, where did it come from? What, what was its genesis? Well, as, as I understand it, it was actually uh, created with a, a noble cause in mind. The, uh, the creator worked for a tech company, and he uh, saw this as a, a means of allowing uh, anonymous and constructive feedback to uh, employers, um, and that indeed uh, worked for him. And he thought he might be able to, to market that a little more widely. But uh, it didn't take off until he turned it from a, a web-based version uh, into an app format. And uh, so now that, uh, you know, it's kind of gone from, like a like you said, kind of more of a, a workplace-type uh, uh, application, uh, but a lot of kids are using it now. Yes, uh, indeed. And uh, the, it's the anonymous uh, aspect. And, you know, we know that... Kids don't want to be where their parents and guardians are, and uh, anonymity uh, seems to be a big, uh, big draw. And uh, you know, we've been here before. We've we've seen this, done that, and some of uh, your listeners may remember Yik Yak and Secret and Whisper and Ask FM and Form Spring, and we can even go back uh, a, a generation to something that still exists: uh, Rate My Teacher. Uh, all of these have this anonymity. Uh, aspect, aspect and anonymity unfortunately means impunity. And so, um, you know, and that's I guess the the big thing happening with this app, particular app right now. Uh, I guess uh, you know, friends or or frenemies or or enemies can actually uh, anonymously kind of give feedback on what kind of person you are. Yes, uh, yes, in, in, indeed, and uh, you know, we know that anonymity can can operate two ways. You can send positive feedback, you can send negative feedback, and the, the, the real draw that seems to have driven Saraha is this integration with Snapchat, uh, sort of about the time that 
Snapchat released this ability to include links in uh, Snaps that uh, meant you could integrate these these two together. And for for better or worse, people are sending off uh, snaps of these um, negative as well as positive um, snaps or, or, or feedback uh, posts that they're getting through Saraha. So, you know, like you said earlier, I'm, we've seen this before. Uh, it kind of keeps coming up again and uh, again. Like, uh, wh- what would you tell your students? Like, how do you kind of protect them from these types of things, or can we? I, I think we can't. You know, I, I, I go back again to... Uh, chat roulette that some people may remember, which basically gave you random webcam uh, displays around the world. Uh, I I recall at the time sending a note to my colleagues and administrators and saying, you know, watch out for this this app, watch out for that app, and uh, I've probably sent out uh, reminders or memos for all of these uh, over the years. I I recall back just in September there was House Party that uh, grew out of, of Meerkat, when Meerkat shut down, they released the, the four-way video conferencing, and that was big in in schools. So you can you can model to students, you can warn students, but these things tend to be like comets. They appear for a while, they they flash brightly, and then they fade. They they disappear. And I'm assuming Saraha will will be gone before before we hit fall. Uh, yeah, like like so many of these other types of uh, uh, apps uh, that are out there. Um, and is it because of the integration with Snapchat, uh, uh, you know, Snapchat being able to send links now that uh, uh, it's become a little more popular? Not only become more popular, but at the same time, it, it could be the death knell for it because Snapchat users are being inundated with largely unwanted um, uh, screenshots from Saraha. And, uh, you know, it, it's, let's really say taking over their feeds, and so we're hearing negative feedback uh, that way. And, and Snapchat's got its own problems. Uh, investors are unhappy with its plunging share price, so maybe they'll revisit uh, this, this link business. Who knows? Well, Peter, I want to thank you again for uh, joining us and giving some insight uh, on this, uh, and we'll uh, hopefully have you on again t- sometime soon. Thanks so much. Peter Vogel, computer science and physics teacher and all-around tech expert. Still lots more to talk about, uh, including uh, the latest iPhone tip of the week. Uh, Also, uh, Apple pulling VPN apps uh, in China and a a little iCloud tutorial for all the iPhone users out there. iPhone tip of the week. Unleash the power of your iOS device. This week's iPhone tip of the week is the hidden sleep timer. If you like to ease yourself into sleep gently with a little bit of music, it can be a challenge. You start playing your playlist, and if you don't do anything to stop it, it will play all night right through until morning. But what a lot of iPhone owners don't know is that there's a hidden sleep timer uh, in the Timer app. So to get there, unlock your phone and swipe up from the bottom of the screen to bring up the control center. Tap the stopwatch icon to get the clock app, and on the far right-hand side, you'll see the timer. Tap that to enter timer mode. Now, you can use the dial to set the amount of time that you want your music to play for. You know, the trick here is to tap when timer ends. So let's say this, we set this for 20 minutes, tap when timer ends, and you'll see a whole list of alarm times. This is usually what goes off when your timer is done. But if you scroll right to the bottom, you'll see the words stop playing. Tap that, tap set, and then tap the green start button to start your sleep timer. Now you can get some rest to the music, and it will shut off at the appropriate time. So that's this week's iPhone tip of the week, the hidden sleep timer. Thanks, Graham. When we come back from the break, still a lot more apps to talk about, including China pulling VPN apps uh, on the Apple 
App Store. And uh, we're going to give you a primer on iCloud. If you're an Apple iPhone user and want to understand iCloud more, this is the segment for you. Today, we're going to be talking about the different iCloud storage plans that are probably popping up on your iPhone screen every so often, asking you to upgrade. Stay tuned. You are back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo in studio. I've got my co-host today with me, Christina Stoyanova and Graham Williams. Still a lot more apps to talk about, including the Hot 5 fitness apps this week and what's streaming online on Netflix, Amazon, and Crave TV. Of course, Crazy App of the Week and Travel App of the Week coming up in uh, a little bit uh, as well. Apple recently uh, has pulled all the VPN apps in China on their App Store. What are VPN apps? Why is this important? On the line right now, we've got Brian Jackson from IT World Canada. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Hey, Mike. No problem. So uh, maybe we'll just start off quickly uh, explaining to listeners, uh, for those who don't know, what is a VPN uh, and a VPN app? Yeah, so VPN stands for Virtual Private Network, but basically... uh you know, a lot of people are familiar with it now in Canada because they want to get American Netflix. I find that's most people's first in- introduction to the VPN market. So what it does is it impersonates an IP address that's somewhere else in the world. So if you're in Canada, a VPN can make your IP address look like it's coming from the United States. And then if you have certain applications or services the demand that you be in a certain location to get certain content, like on American Netflix, for example, uh, you can fool it and, and pr- pretend to be an American. So uh, in, in China, and I've been there recently, about a month and a half ago, and uh, it was kind of a, a weird experience from the Internet uh, perspective. I couldn't access most of the sites that I typically go to here in North America or anywhere else in the world for that matter. So things like Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, even Google. I couldn't access Google because they were all blocked by the Chinese government. That's right. That, that's interesting. You were actually there uh, firsthand. I've never had the chance to go, but we always hear about this. And I know that uh, we talk about the Great Firewall of China. And uh, the Chinese government there has a very strict uh, stance in terms of what it limits uh, access to on the Internet. So, you know, we, we know there's a long history with Google there, for example, where uh, it went back and forth for years, right? It was uh, Google was at first uh, conforming to the government's requests to uh, censor certain content from search results. For example, if you, you had searched uh, Tiananmen Square, you wouldn't have seen the content that we would see here in North America about the protests there in 1989, right? But um, then it it decided that it would take a different tack, and uh, it actually moved its servers to Hong Kong, you know, which is a different jurisdiction. But then uh, China started blocking it. So a lot of history about tech companies having trouble uh, trying to navigate this uh, censorship landscape in China. So the government, uh, obviously, over there has... uh asked Apple to remove these VPN apps. Uh, What's your thoughts on that? Well, it's no surprise, really, given that the Chinese government in the past has established that it really does want to control what its population is exposed to on the Internet. So, of course, it knows that people are going and uh, just fooling, again, its 
firewall and uh, in trying to uh, impersonate an IP address from another location in the world, and that's done through these VPN programs, right? So, you know, uh, they just had this idea that, like, well, why are we allowing that? If it were our goal is to control the flow of information here, we should just not allow any of these apps. But it's definitely concerning for people who see the Internet as uh, sort of a country neutral and uh, really, uh, you know, something that's outside of country sovereignty and um, providing equal access to all information. So it's concerning from that standpoint. And, you know, you hope that even though these apps were removed, that perhaps these uh, these residents that are keen on using VPNs can still access those services perhaps on a laptop computer. What I'm wondering, uh, is this more from a business business perspective for Apple? Like China is one of the, the large markets for Apple and its iPhones and, and, and iPads. Uh, could this have uh, endangered uh, their, uh, their sales there if they decided to keep those apps up? Oh, absolutely. Could, they could risk being banned from the market there. And uh, that is something that really companies don't want to happen. I mean, you look at the growth of the Chinese market, China now has more internet users than uh, people that live in the United States. So the huge uh, potential for revenues is really in that market, and you don't want to miss out on that if you're a company. On the other hand, you also don't want to risk alienating your uh, customer base in other parts of the world. So it's a tricky game in which you have to play by the government rules and uh, try and be seen as a company that is uh, in favor of human rights and is in favor of free access to information, which are values that we really uphold here in North America. Brian, I uh, want to thank you for joining us today. Where can people find out more information about IT World Canada? Absolutely. Uh, you can check out www.itworldcanada.com. Let's switch gears over to the cloud, and specifically iCloud for our iPhone and iPad users. Graham, we want to do a series on this. This week, starting with uh, the iCloud storage plans. Explain to the listeners what this is about. Sure. Well, we're going to start with iCloud sort of as a concept. iCloud is the backbone for a lot of features on your iOS devices. It also kind of connects them to your Mac computer as well. So this includes mail, calendar, contacts, reminders, notes, and syncing all of that stuff together. Now, iCloud is free for the most part, but there is storage online. Now, storage is something that you're going to use for a few things, for your uh, your photos, for example. So we're going to talk about iCloud Photo Library down the road, but we're going to talk about iCloud Photo Size, or sorry, pardon me, iCloud Drive Sizes right now. So this would uh, basically be for all of, the, uh, all of the files that you're going to be uploading, including photos and documents. So when you buy an iOS device or when you sign up for an iCloud account, you get five gigabytes for free. Doesn't sound like a whole lot, does it? It's not. <laughs> it's not. And that, that's actually it's one of those things where it's been a bit of a bone of contention because a lot of other people out there, Google Drive gives you 15 gigabytes for free. I think Microsoft, when you sign up for an Office account, gives you a terabyte for free. So uh, we're kind of looking at this and, you know, you got five gigabytes for free, but the idea here is that Apple wants you to upgrade. So there, there are actually three more tiers of storage. There is 50 gigabytes, which is 99 cents a month. There is 200 gigabytes, which is 2.99 per month. Per month, and in June of this year, they actually took the last tier of storage from one terabyte to two terabytes of storage for nine ninety nine per month. So by paying for those storage amounts, you get all of the storage online to upload things like your photos and your documents. 
So if you subscribe to one of those, everything just automatically gets synced up there. Absolutely. It's, it's probably one of the most crucial features, in my opinion, because it does back all of this stuff up. We'll kind of talk about backup in another segment, but having all of that space means that you don't have to worry about having to sync this at any time. So if you've Look down at your phone and it says you need to upgrade your storage. That's what it's talking about. And, you know, for $12 a year, the 99 cents per month, you actually get a, get a fairly decent value. So, so you recommend it? I do, yeah. There's actually one cool feature that's coming up as well. In iOS 11, that two terabyte plan, if you have Apple family sharing turned on, that two terabytes can be shared with up to five people in your family. So it's actually a really good value. Let's switch over to the other side now and go Android. Android tip of the week. Make the most of your Android smartphone. Hey, this is Daniel Bader, and this is your Android tip of the week. Okay, so you're fumbling around for your keys in the dark. It's really annoying, and the only thing that could possibly give you light is your smartphone. One of the really easy ways to turn on the flashlight on the back of your phone is in the quick settings menu on any Android device. You swipe down to your notifications, and then You may not know it, but there's a secondary swipe. You swipe down again, and it opens up your quick settings menu. Now, it may look a little bit different depending on the phone you have. Sometimes it looks a little different on Samsung or Google or or LG, but it's always there. And there's a little flashlight button that you can press, even if your phone isn't, even if your phone is locked. You don't have to unlock your phone to get this. All you do is you swipe down, you turn on your phone, you swipe it down, swipe down again, press that flashlight button, and then you can find those keys that are hidden somewhere in your car's couch or your car's cushions, and, uh, and then you're good to go. So that is my Android tip of the week. When we come back from the break, the Hot 5 fitness apps and what's streaming this week on Netflix. You are back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here in studio. I've got my co-hosts, Christina Stoyanova and Graham Williams with me today as well. Still lots more to talk about. We are going to be going to Daniel Bader in a bit with the hot smartphone of the week. You'll want to stay tuned for this one. It's modular. It's really cool. We'll also be doing uh, what's streaming this uh, week as well uh, online with Netflix, Crave, and Amazon. Right now, though, it's uh, that time. The weekly app, Hot 5. This week, fitness apps. Christina, what's number five? Number five, we have the Fitbit app, an oldie but a goodie. And with this one, you obviously have to have a a Fitbit uh, wearable as well. Well, not just a Fitbit wearable. It also covers a few other Fitbit products. So it covers the Fitbit wearables and the Fitbit Aria scale. So this is something that every morning you can step onto and it will measure how much you weigh and your body fat percentage. That scale has ruined my life, Graham. I kind of like mine. Oh, I'm on it every morning. Do you both both have one? (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. Really? Well, you've got to categorize everything, right? Yes, but it's like a weird addiction getting on that scale and seeing the numbers and it's kind percent- of it's gamification for your life, right? Like, yeah, yeah oh, look, I've I've scored a high score this week because I ate too many uh, Twinkies. So, <laughs> so this is, is that the high score for you? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. So this is a scale uh, that uh, is connected uh, via Wi-Fi in the Fitbit app, and it just gives you all this information. Yeah, and it, um, it, it ties in through uh, a few different health programs as well. I use something called Sync Solver to tie it into Apple Health so I can kind of bring everything all into one place. Kind of a, a very ha- handy sub-app to have in addition to Fitbit. Fitbit app number five. Christina, number four. The seven-minute workout challenge. 
Graham, you use this. I do, yeah. This is actually kind of handy because you get a, a notification every day, a couple of times a day, saying, hey, have you got time for a workout? It only takes seven minutes. And when you think about going to the gym, I mean, you think about spending 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, 90 minutes if you're doing hot yoga. And so the seven-minute workout kind of seems like it's an easy way to do it and actually gets you through a number of different exercises. And you can actually choose different types of seven-minute workouts, but it gets through that in just seven minutes and gives you sort of a high-intense uh, way of going about getting fit. But how does this work? Do you have to be looking at the screen or is it like yelling things out to you? Uh, it, it does actually have some video with sound, but you can look at the screen for form and function. So if you haven't exercised in a while and you want to see how it's done right, you can actually follow the video on screen. Number three. We have Spotify. Sorry, Spotify, the music app. I know, right? This is so a workout app? Well, it's an interesting thing. Spotify actually has a running feature. So you can actually um, have the... Um, the app detect the pace at which you're running and it will play music that matches your pace, which is really cool and definitely would help if you're a runner. This makes it a fitness app. <laughs> yeah, Sure, why not? It's helping you get fit. I mean, the rhythm is going to get you eventually. <laughs> On that bad joke, number two. <laughs> we have Carrot. Uh, this is actually a, an app that rewards you for your daily activity. It's available for Canadians in Ontario, BC, and Newfoundland. And it actually lets you collect things like scene points and aeroplan miles and petro points and things like that just by meeting your daily targets. And the number one fitness app on our Hot 5 apps this week? We have Aptive. So this is actually a really interesting app. I've been getting hit with a lot of ads for this on my Instagram feed. Don't ask me why. Um, but it is actually an audio. Your scale, your scale is sending. Yeah. <laughs> it sold you out. It has Instagram. sold me out. Um, it has outed me on my Twinkie habit. <laughs> no, uh, this app is actually an audio guidance app. So it actually walks you through different types of workouts like things like the elliptical or the treadmill so that you can hear, um, you know, a, a workout, an entire workout. It has music and uh, a trainer overlaid voiceover. So, I mean, great uh, for people uh, into fitness, but also, I guess, uh, for low vision folks as well. Yes, great for low vision. And the other thing that's great about this is that no one knows where you're at. So if you're taking fitness classes, it can be a little daunting because, you know, you might be a beginner and everyone else is at a different level with this. You've got your headphones on and you've got a personal trainer giving you all of the directions that you need, but no one knows what you're listening to. And there are lots of different levels available as well. Thanks, guys. That was the Hot 5 Fitness Apps this week. We still have a lot more in uh, today's show, including the hot streaming movies and TV shows. Of course, uh, crazy and travel app of uh, the week as well. But uh, one of my favorite segments here, what's hot with smartphones? On the line, we've got our good friend Daniel Bader with the Hot Smartphone of the Week. How are you doing, Daniel? I'm very well. How are you? Good. What do you got for us? Well, this one is a phone that's flying a little under the radar, but it's from Motorola, the company that brought you the Razer about 10 years ago. And this is called the Moto Z2 Play. And it's a relatively new phone in Canada with some very cool tricks. First of all, it uses a system of magnets that allow you to attach a bunch of add-ons to the back of the phone to give it new features. So instead of having to plug in a battery pack, 
you just place a battery pack magnetically on the back of the phone and it charges it up and then you remove it when you're done. But the really cool thing is that the company just announced a 360 degree camera that can attach right to the back of the phone. So it augments your existing great camera and it makes it really easy to take 360 degree photos and videos right on your phone and then it's uploaded to Facebook, Twitter, wherever you want it. It's really great and convenient. And the other thing is that this phone lasts forever. The Moto Z2 Play is very efficient. It'll get you more than a day, even sometimes two days of battery. And right now it's $0. So you can buy it for free on a contract pretty much at every carrier in Canada. So it's a very, very hot phone that not everybody knows about. So that's my recommendation. Well, we talked about uh, Motorola and their uh, their modular phone before. I think it's uh, Moto Mods. Is that what they call them? Yes, absolutely. And do uh, the old mods work on this new phone? Yeah, that's the beauty of Moto Mods. They are transferable through the generation. So the ecosystem debuted in 2016, and they are all compatible. So the new ones are compatible with last year's phones, and last year's mods are compatible with the new phones. It doesn't really matter. So you can buy them now and use them for th- up to three years, which is great. Well, it's kind of exciting because, uh, you know, I played with that last year and, you know, some of the, the little attachments were like amazing. You could get a speaker, uh, you know, a camera. It wasn't 360, but it was still a, a good camera that just snapped onto the back. Uh, and also a, uh, a Pico projector as well. You could actually uh, play movies, uh, uh, you know, projected up against a wall. That's exactly what I've been doing all summer. I've been hanging out on my deck, projecting movies up onto my back wall, and it's been a lot of fun. You can hook up a Bluetooth speaker and you can have a, an outdoor party with just a couple of very small gadgets. And one other mod that I wanted to point out that's coming out later this summer is a gamepad. So you'll be able to nestle the phone into this gamepad, and it basically gives you a Nintendo Switch on your phone. It's really cool, great dual analog controllers, thumbstick and um, shoulder buttons, and this is almost like playing a Nintendo Switch on an Android phone. It's very, very cool. Love it. The name of the, uh, the, uh, the phone again? Moto Z2 Play. Thank you, Daniel Bader, with the hot smartphone of the week. When we're back from the break, what's streaming this week on Netflix and Crave TV? Stay tuned. Welcome back to the App Show. I'm your host, Mike Agarbo. We still uh, are going to be talking about what's streaming this week on Netflix, Amazon, and Crave TV. But before we get there, we uh, have got Graham to give us the hot streaming app of the week. This week's streaming app of the week is Tubi TV, and it's available for Android, iPhone, Apple TV, Chromecast, Roku boxes, Amazon Fire, set-top boxes, the Xbox platform, and Samsung Smart TVs. So this app is a streaming video app that features content from Lionsgate Films, MGM, Paramount, and Stars, and over 200 other streaming partners. The key feature here is that it's a free app with no subscription model, and it uses ads to support the content creators in between and during playback. So as you're watching things, you'll see ads all the way through. So if you can handle watching ads during your content, you'll find movies like The Silence of the Lambs, Legally Blonde, and Get Shorty, as well as a full range of TV shows from the golden age of Hollywood right through until today. They make a point of having a section listed as not on Netflix to help you find app in this free app. So again, that's 2BTV, it's T-U-B-I-TV, and you can find it on app stores for the uh, Apple iOS system, Android systems, and Xbox devices. Streaming this week. This is the part of the show where we talk about what's hot online as far as streaming movies and TV. Christina, let's start with Netflix. Yeah, on Netflix, we have Ozark. Money. That which separates the haves from the have-nots. Patience, frugality, sacrifice. 
deciding to invest in your family's future. This is kind of an interesting series. I, d- I didn't even know this was being made. Uh, Justin Bateman, who I love, uh, stars in this uh, as a, a guy trying to protect his family from uh, some poor uh, decisions he made with, uh, I guess, the mob. I guess we've all made poor decisions in the past. You know, sometimes you make the wrong choice, you do the wrong thing, you end up as the president of the United States. It <laughs> <laughs> happens. We went there. <laughs> Anyway, uh, it's been getting some great reviews. I have not watched it myself, but uh, again, I'm a big Justin Bateman fan and uh, definitely be on my, uh, my Jason? playlist. Jason? What do I call him? Justin. <laughs> Justin. <laughs> I Justin Bieber. You know, I'm getting them all confused now. What else we got? We have Ex Machina. It's a research facility, and I want to talk to you about what I'm researching. What he's researching is kind of scary. <laughs> Yeah, this one uh, was a little weird. I really liked it. I mean, the idea of creating an artificial intelligence, something that is relatable in a human way, it's actually not that far off for us. So this is sort of a, a maybe a cautionary tale, question mark. I, it, it looks really great. It's got Dom Hall Gleason in it, who was also in uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens. So big fan here. Yeah, there is a good twist in this one, too. What else we got, uh, Christina, on Netflix? We have The Man from Uncle. Are they still following us? Yes. Does he have just one hand on the steering wheel? Mm-hmm. When you hear something that sounds like a gunshot, drive. And there are the gunshots. So this has got Henry Cavill in it, who is also the Man of Steel, uh, Superman, and directed by Guy Ritchie. Absolutely love Guy Ritchie's style. And, you know, this film was received fairly well it's it's sort of got middling ratings but i think it's it's really fun it's obviously a remake of the show and uh just a super fun film to watch the next one uh one of your favorites christina hook peter don't you know who you are and he didn't know who he was uh this one uh with the late robin williams i know i love this movie it's it's just fantastic. It's a take on uh, the Peter Pan story. One of the fun things about this, if you look for this, at one point, Dustin Hoffman, as Hook, puts a pirate in the boo box. And if you look really close, that pirate is actually Glenn Close. Really cool thing. <laughs> of course you would know this. Of course I know this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, heading over to, uh, oh, we got one more on uh, on Netflix. Uh, no, I think that's all I got oh, for you, Okay, Mike. <laughs> Amazon. I'm getting I'm getting confused on my list here. Amazon uh, streaming this week. Number one is Valkyrie. What did you have in mind? You could serve Germany or the Fuhrer. Not both. It's just that talk that had you sent here, Colonel. What I said was much worse. Uh, kind of a historical drama, uh, Tom Cruise. <laughs> uh, this was uh, about the plot uh, to kill Hitler. I think the really big thing here, the takeaway here, is Tom Cruise's German accent. Absolutely flawless. Was it? Non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> Why even try? Right. Uh, but you know what? It was kind of a... Uh, I liked the movie. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah, it's well shot, well produced, and it's, it's an interesting story to to, re- to learn about. Okay, this is, this next one, uh, Christina. I've, I've been looking forward to this. I don't know what to expect yet. I haven't uh, gotten uh, into it, uh, but it looks fascinating. Yes, we've got Comrade Detective. You don't become a good communist by going to meetings or memorizing the manifesto. You do it with your fists. 
I don't even know how to describe this one. Uh, Graham, have you seen the trailers for this? I haven't. I, I'm sort of watching this here in real time and going, I need to watch this. Okay, so Chatham Tating, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, number of other uh, uh, famous actors as well, but they're only doing the voices. So this is uh, kind of a, uh, a cop show that uh, they're making look like it was filmed back in the 80s and 90s uh, in Romania, back in you know the communism days. And so it's... I can't even describe it. So they've shot this uh, communist Romanian, uh, Romanian uh, cop film, but then they've dubbed all the voices in with American actors. Okay, I, I absolutely have to see this now. Uh, so it, it is a comedy. If you get a chance, you got to check out the whole trailer. It is hilarious. So uh, looking forward to this uh, in uh, a big, uh, big way. Let's switch gears. Uh, Christina, crazy app of the week. Yes, this week we have an app called Mushroom. And what is this about? This app claims to use artificial intelligence to identify different types of mushrooms. And how does it work? Uh, So you take a picture of the mushroom and it is supposed to tell you the type of mushroom and whether it is safe to eat or not. (laughs) Okay. So a few few red flags going. Right. Red red alarms going off for me here. So I'm going to rely on an app taking a picture of a mushroom and then Hopefully the app gets it right, whether it's poisonous or not. Right. So you see the flaw in this. So I have to urge people to really use critical thinking when they are using apps, because honestly, not every problem you have can be solved by an app. Uh, I mean, it it would be a good kind of reference tool, but I don't know if I would be making uh, life and death decisions on what mushrooms to eat. Yeah, that's right. There's actually a scientist uh, who commented on this talking about a particular type of mushroom that is present in his area and that it looks identical to one that is safe to eat. And the only way to tell that this one is actually poisonous is to smell it or touch it. Excellent. Well, uh, again, that one's called mushroom? Mushroom. That's right. Don't use it, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe just as a reference tool. Uh, when we come back from the break, uh, travel app of the week. Stay tuned. You're back with the app show. Don't forget to visit our website, appshowradio.com. Uh, there you can also get links to our Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you what you think is uh, a cool app and uh, what you think of some of the apps we talked about today as well. Well, that's uh, a signal for this uh, time of the program. Travel app of the week. Brought to you by Always Online Wireless. Prepaid SIM cards for international travelers. Get yours at alwaysonlinewireless.com. What do you got for us this week, Christina? This week, I have an app that will help you find vegetarian and vegan restaurants all over the world in 180 countries. (laughs) Well, uh, I have a lot of vegetarian friends now that I think would love that app. I'm not a vegetarian, uh, but... I, you know, sometimes uh, we struggle if we're going out uh, and they're, they're looking for something that works for their dietary restrictions. Yeah. And it goes next level with vegans because it is that much more complicated. So this app is called Happy Cow and it's available both on iOS and Android. It costs $5.49. I think it's totally worth it if you're dining with a vegan or a vegetarian. And there's also a web interface. Happy cow. Is it called that because cows like vegans? Uh, yes, because they get to live. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and how easy is this to use? 
it's pretty darn easy. Uh, it, it detects your location, as you can imagine. So it can help you find things around you as well as searching in other countries, which is pretty cool. Uh, so my question, uh, what if I'm a meat eater and I've got my vegan friend with me? Will it also highlight restaurants that have both or is it just strictly vegetarian and vegan restaurants? Uh, you know, you ask for so much, Mike. I know. <laughs> I think you can preview menus so you can um, narrow things down that way. Fantastic. That was our travel app of the week. Happy cow for our vegan and vegetarian friends out there. I want to thank all the folks that helped put the show together, including my co-hosts, Christina Stoyanova and Graham Williams. I'm Mike Agarbo, logging off for the app show. We'll see you again next time. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.